Taiwan has withdrawn from the Central American Parliament after the body canceled its permanent observer status on August 21st. In a statement on Tuesday, Taiwan's foreign ministry condemned that the parliament's pro-China members for excluding Taiwan. It said that to uphold national sovereignty and dignity, Taiwan would withdraw from the organization with immediate effect. In 2006, then-President Chen Shui-bian conferred the Order of Brilliant Star with Special Grand Cordon to Julio Palacio Sombrano, President of the Central American Parliament. Two years later, then-President Ma Ying-jeou exchanged honors with the parliament's president in a showcase of warm relations. For decades, Taiwan was a permanent observer in the Central American Parliament, also known as Parlisen. But following Nicaragua's motion to eject Taiwan and bring in China, Taiwan has withdrawn from the parliament, effective August 22nd. Nicaragua, under the dictatorship of President Daniel Ortega, willingly serves as China's pawn. It incorrectly invoked UN Resolution 2758, manipulating the so-called One China Principle. Disregarding regional democratic development and the welfare of the local people, it snatched away Taiwan's rights and interests in the Central American Parliament. This highlights China's deliberate efforts to undermine democracy in Central America and its ambitions to expand in the region. In a sharply worded statement, Taiwan's foreign ministry criticized Nicaragua's representatives and other pro-China parliamentarians for conspiring with China to expel Taiwan. It accused them of disregarding Taiwan's long-term contributions to the body and to Central America's development and of dividing the parliamentary body. The ministry stated that, to defend national sovereignty and dignity, it was officially withdrawing from Parlisen. Established in Guatemala in 1991, Parlisen comprises six member states from Central America, plus Taiwan as an observer. The body's mission is to promote political dialogue, inter-country collaboration, and democratic development in Central America. But after Taiwan lost ties with regional allies like Honduras, China found an opportunity to move in. The ruling party must take responsibility for this outcome. They should not make citizens feel as if Taiwan is just sitting around waiting for doom, that nothing is being done to change our predicament. China's so-called National People's Congress does not have a single representative who was elected by the people. How can such people represent China during the activities of the Central American Parliament? This only goes to show the absurdity of the Parliament's decision. We strongly condemn it. They excluded a democratic legislature and chose a rubber stamp that doesn't know what an election is. China has long fought to isolate Taiwan diplomatically. With its latest moves in Parlisen, it's notched another win for its campaign. Since Monday, there have been online reports that a Chinese Navy submarine sank near the Taiwan Strait, killing all crew. According to the social media rumor, the crashed sub was a nuclear-powered Type 093 Shang-class boat. Taiwan's defense ministry said Tuesday that the rumor was uncorroborated so far. No evidence of the incident has been detected by Taiwan's intelligent and monitoring systems, according to a spokesman. But even so, lawmakers say the issue should be treated with caution as it could have a serious geopolitical impact. So far, I have not heard any confirmation of these rumors. As far as I understand, this is a social media rumor. I have no official confirmation of the information at this time. 
If such a thing did happen near the Taiwan Strait, it would be one of the most major military tragedies under China's recent expansionist campaign. If the rumor is true, it would have a major impact on geopolitics and regional security. Taiwan must get a careful understanding of the situation and respond with caution. One concern is that if the submarine really had sunk, there would be potential for a nuclear disaster in the region. The Atomic Energy Council says that so far it has not detected any abnormalities in radiation levels. Taiwan has upgraded its Environmental Protection Administration to the status of a ministry. The plaque for the new Ministry of Environment was unveiled on Tuesday. The ministry will be led by Xue Fushen, previously president of National Zhongxing University. It's tasked with tackling the challenges of climate change by promoting carbon pricing and improving resource circulation. With the tug of a banner, the Ministry of Environment makes its debut. President Tsai Ing-wen and Premier Chen Jianren attended the unveiling ceremony, marking a milestone for environmental protection in Taiwan. The inauguration of the Ministry of Environment not only reflects the government's determination to promote relevant policies in line with international trends, it also reflects society's higher expectations regarding environmental protection. The new ministry is an upgrade from the Environmental Protection Administration. It includes four subordinate agencies and one institution, the Climate Change Administration, Resource Circulation Administration, Environmental Management Administration, Chemicals Administration, and National Environment Research Academy. 36 years ago, Taiwan established the Environmental Protection Administration. 36 years later, the Ministry of Environment has been established. I truly want to thank former Premier Su Chang. I especially want to give recognition to former EPA Chief Zhang Ziqing, who contributed greatly during the process of upgrading the EPA. As we value his expertise and talent, we have invited Zhang to serve as a minister with our portfolio. Zhang Ziqing, the last head of the EPA, will pass the baton to the new Minister of Environment, Xue Fushen. The new minister's first order of business will be to handle the environmental impact assessment of a new natural gas terminal in Jilong. Environmental assessment work for the fourth LNG terminal has been delayed for many years. After taking my office, this project will be at the top of my agenda. I hope to expand the participation of citizens and environmental groups. I will also go to Jilong City to pay a call on Mayor George Xie. After 36 years, the EPA has bowed out, with the Ministry of Environment taking over. The new ministry will be able to integrate more resources, leading Taiwan to face the formidable challenges of climate change. The Taihua Ferry is about to retire. After 34 years on the Penghu-Kaohsiung route, the iconic ship made its final trip from Kaohsiung to Penghu on Tuesday, one day before its decommissioning. Some of its former passengers flew in to join that last voyage. It was an emotional occasion with passengers and crew sharing their memories of the ship. The ramp goes up at 9 a.m. before the Taihua departs from Terminal Number 1 in Kaohsiung Port. Passengers on board wave goodbye as the ferry leaves Kaohsiung for the last time. It's scheduled for decommissioning on Wednesday. I can't bear to say goodbye. It's not because of the ship itself, but because of the spiritual connection I have with it. 
For 34 years, the Taihua has ferried passengers between Kaohsiung and Penghu. It's brought Penghu locals home and carried them to work, becoming an indelible part of their memories. On the eve of its retirement, some former passengers flew into Kaohsiung to send it off. This is a very important moment for me. I worked in Penghu for five or six years, so I would often take the Friday night service to Penghu. The Taihua is part of many of my memories, so I wanted to be on its last voyage. The Taihua was built in 1989. It's 120 meters long and 19.3 meters wide, with a displacement of 8,134 tons, a cruising speed of 22 knots, and a capacity of 1,150 passengers. It has berths where passengers can sleep on overnight trips. It also has dining and shopping venues, as well as an arcade that left a deep impression on many. The journey lasted four to five hours. I would ask my parents for a bunch of 10 NT coins so I could play video games in the arcade. Passengers are sad to see it go, and crew even more so. Some spent most of their younger years on the vessel. I'm sad. I can't bear to say goodbye. Yesterday, when I was making the announcements, I cried. I've spent basically two-thirds of my life on this ship, so I'm very emotional. The Taihua will set sail one last time from Penghu Wednesday at noon. It will be replaced with a new Penghu ferry which will take over this crucial route between Kaohsiung and the island county. The watermelon has a new variety and it's travel-sized. The new mini-ball watermelon is small enough to fit in your hand. Weighing in at 1 30th of a giant watermelon, farmers say it's the perfect choice for small families and single people. The new watermelon is a bit different in various ways. You can even eat, eat its skin. Let's go to the Jai farm where it's been developed to hear more. This watermelon looks like it's under the wrong end of a telescope. You can place it neatly in the palm of your hand. Unexpectedly cute. Cut it open and the flesh is red and juicy as normal. This new variety, Mini Bowl, was developed by Jiayi's Known You Seed Company. It's a different taste, crunchy and sweet. The Mini Bowl skin can be eaten for a crunchy and juicy snack. Compared to a normal-sized watermelon, the Mini Bowl is just the size of a baseball. It's an 8 to 10 on the sweetness scale and weighs just 1 30th of a giant red watermelon. Although slightly less sweet than the average watermelon, children love it. They can eat a whole Mini Bowl in one go. When a small family eats this, the children will prefer it and the adults will also find it a novelty. For the bigger ones, you can go more to high-end markets. Here on the farm, unlike in other watermelon fields, the mini bowl is grown on trellises in a greenhouse. You can get three watermelons from one plant and harvest another generation every 50 days or so. Each mini bowl weighs about 550 to 650 grams. They're aimed at the high-end fruit market. On average, one about this size will fall in the 100 NT range. Slightly bigger would be 150 NT, and they're quite popular with consumers. So we will gradually expand the area we're growing them in.
Small families and single people are a huge demographic in Taiwan now, and that means there could be big demand for small watermelons like these. So far, gift boxes have proven popular as consumers opt for a refreshing fruit that they can finish in one sitting. Former Miaoli Commissioner Xu Yaocang has quit the KMT just weeks after calling for the party's demise at a rally. Although Xu says it was a slip of the tongue, he had more harsh words for the party on Tuesday when announcing his exit. Now the question is whether he'll try to run for legislature in Miaoli County, which is traditionally a KMT stronghold. He says he may run if he's asked to, to do so by the current Miaoli Commissioner or if he's forced to by other circumstances. Earlier this month at a rally for Honghai founder Terry Goh, former Miaoli Commissioner Xu Yaocang called out down with the KMT. He later claimed to have misspoken, but even so, his case was taken up by the party's discipline committee. Early Tuesday morning, Xu announced on social media that he was quitting the KMT. In his social media post, he complained that the KMT's presidential candidate, Ho Yoi, had committed four major sins. They include not participating in Han Guoyu's presidential campaign in 2020 and taking advantage of the party's power without making contributions. Speaking to reporters on Tuesday, Xu piled on more criticism. During the election season, you didn't help anyone, but now that you're running in the election, you expect everyone to help you. Does that make any sense? The KMT really needs to reflect and learn. Just look at the DPP. They've been with Lai Qingde from the very beginning, but our pan-blue coalition is a joke. I'm a bit pained and I find it a bit regrettable. Xu Yaocheng inherited so much debt in office he couldn't even pay salaries. I saw his hard work and exhaustion. The situation gradually improved after President Tsai Ing-wen took office and the central government provided financial assistance. Xu previously served as mayor of Tofen, a Miaoli lawmaker and Miaoli commissioner. He was once a member of the People First Party. After stepping down as commissioner, he planned to run in the KMT's legislative primaries. But now that he's left the party, could he be planning to run against the KMT? I I believe he won't. The two legislative seats for Miali are quite stable. Everyone is friends with each other, old friends. I'm sad to see Xu leaving the party. It is rather regrettable. But when one remains focused on oneself, it's impossible to address the big picture. I might consider running if the current commissioner wants me to do so. I might if the situation forces me to run. With how things are now, nothing is set in stone. If circumstances force it, he could become another headache for the KMT. Having retired less than a year ago, Xu still retains strong local support and influence, making him a variable to watch in the 2024 elections. Defense contractor AIDC, or the Aerospace Industrial Development Corporation, has posted record earnings for the first half of the year. At an investors' conference on Tuesday, it announced first-half revenue exceeding $19.5 billion NT dollars. And that's an increase of 48% compared to the same period last year. Earnings per share stood at 1.38 NT, setting a record high. AIDC specializes in making aircraft. It's gotten a boost from the recovery of the global shipping market, as well as Taiwan's homegrown defense policy. Amid tense cross-strait relations, the Thai administration has pushed for aircraft, drones and other military equipment to be made domestically, driving demand in the aerospace sector.
The annual National Theatre and Concert Hall Summer Jazz Festival is back in action. The Summer Jazz Extravaganza will feature performances by both local and foreign jazz masters. There will also be a series of concerts and workshops. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang takes us in for a look. Grammy Award-winning jazz singer Kurt Elling and guitarist Charlie Hunter take to the stage with a thrilling, impromptu performance. To kick off the 2023 NTCH Summer Jazz Festival, Elling and Hunter perform selections from the Grammy-nominated album Super Blue. Super Blue was created in 2020 and is a fusion between jazz, funk and rock music. This is Elling's second time performing with his band in Taiwan. The first time was 17 years ago. Well, I mean, it's a thrill and it's an honor to be back in Taiwan. I'm bringing uh, the electric band this time, so it's Charlie Hunter. Uh, and he's an incredible uh, guitar player that plays a very unique form of the music. Um, and there's going to be a lot of dancing and a lot of uh, hip shaking. And I hope everybody has a good time. The annual NTCH Summer Jazz Festival is back in action. This year's festival theme is Play It Forward. Aside from indoor performances by renowned jazz artists from abroad and Taiwan, there will also be an outdoor concert and jazz workshops throughout the two weeks festival. We have progressed into a new era, invited the world's best and most exciting foreign musicians to Taiwan. The NTCH Summer Jazz Festival will be held till September 2nd. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Tan Junhao in Taipei. The Taiwan Plus Festival will be held next month in Japan, serving up Taiwan's food and culture. At Tokyo's Ueno Park, there will be live music and a special exhibition on top 10 souvenirs for tourists. More than 100 homegrown brands will be at the two-day festival, which is organized by Taiwan's General Association of Chinese Culture. Taiwan Plus, which is a Taiwan culture and lifestyle festival, has become a flagship event that allows the Japanese public to get to know Taiwan culture. We hope that this year's Taiwan Plus will deepen the friendship between Taiwan and Japan. This year's event is very exciting, and it's bigger than before. More than 100 Taiwanese brands will be showcased in Tokyo. This is a very good opportunity for more Japanese people to discover the different facets of Taiwan. Now in its fourth year, the Taiwan Plus Festival will take place on September 16th and 17th. Live acts at the events include rock bands, Fire X, and Sorry Youth. A Chinese immigrant in New Taipei has had a big impact on social care for older residents of the city. Han Hong from Anhui Province runs a very special long-term care center in Xizhi District. She got into the care business inspired by the loss of her father. Her passion for bringing fun and love to each day makes the center a vibrant hub in the community as she helps other immigrants get involved in the community life and finds meaning in treating neighbors like family. Older people who attend classes at her facility told us she, uh, they see her like a daughter. A series of quick songs plays without pause. The older adults are drenched in sweat, towels around necks, in this Monday to Friday class where local residents can train their muscles. The secretary general of this older adult center is Han Yuehong, a native of China's Anhui. 
It's the third long-term older adult care center she's established in New Taipei. She's involved in everything, from planning the classes and recruiting teachers to arranging the catering. Her payback is the health of the community and the jolly family atmosphere. For example, right now, none of the dumplings in my freezer are store-bought. They're all gifts from older folk. See, here they just ate, and the older people all left things for us to eat. She's so compassionate and patient. Yeah, she really takes care of these older folk. Han is no lone wolf. She brings many other immigrants along for the fun. The Secretary General also brings in other immigrant friends to come and join in the activities here. For example, we held a Vietnamese meal. They brought special things from Vietnam and invited the local older folks to come and try their food. Han opened her first long-term care center in Zhonghe. She helped older people get dressed up in wedding dresses to celebrate the traditional holiday Double Ninth Festival. Han says that remembering their happy smiles on that day still warms her heart. When she closed that first center, many of the center's members wept. Han worked in the beauty industry when she was younger. She made the change to work in social care because of her father. One day, I got a call from my sister, and she said my dad might not be okay. That's when I started to feel I couldn't stand it. My dad's influence made me begin to face the aging process. How I understand it is that I married into a family so far away, so I want to treat the older people in the community like my own parents. Han's life now is dedicated to the joy of service. Whether supporting older neighbors or other immigrants, she is known and trusted by many in the community.